We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 101 which doesn't necessarily have the same ring, but we're going to bring the same energy as That's episode good. 100. Matt Rooney here, Joe Musso alongside. Uh, not necessarily alongside, but... Uh, Somewhat in spirit. Holding down uh, the nation from sea to shining sea, except the East Coast, but yeah, I nobody, digress. Nobody, nobody cares about that coast. The East Coast, more like least coast, am I right? You got, got him. Got him, like West uh, Coast. Best, starting you off... Awesome. Starting off on fire today, Matt. So that's, that's uh, I what I I'm do. Just gonna you know, I th- give you give I you the reins and let back, you ride Joe. this thing. I needed uh-huh. a bounce back because I told you before we started this that I almost broke my master's mug for the second time. Yeah. So like I think in my on? own, I don't know, man. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't have. It's not a coffee table I have next because like there's not a lot of room between the end of my couch and like the island where we have you know some some high chairs not enough uh-huh. room for like a little coffee table so sometimes i put like a chair or something there that i can put my you know my mug on so i don't have to put it on the floor and all that and forget about it, that it's there and i kind of got up turned the corner to go i think go get my computer start charging for this morning and i kick it and you know it, it tumbles down and luckily i mean this mug this has got to be made of like extra strong porcelain or something because it is it is surviving everything it's it, that's it's got master's false. It's got Master's Mystique, is what it has. It has, uh, and it was further galvanized when Tiger put on there you the, go. That the green jacket. So, could be unbreakable. I don't yeah. really watch uh, Avengers and all that stuff, but I hear that's that's a that's a hot a hot uh, topic these days. Endgame, Avengers, End, something like that. Yeah, I think it it's comes probably out got tomorrow. Some, some Infinity Stones in it, yeah. or something like that. That's, it's got that some Infinity Strength. It controls yeah. the world. I watched the. I didn't. Wa- I don't watch the Marvel movies. I did watch just the last Avengers because. I remember I was taking a flight last year and you know had some time to kill and Mike said it was good, so I went for it. It's actually a pretty good movie. I will never go back mm-hmm. and catch up on every single superhero movie, but I'll probably watch the next one. Yeah. I mean, I just – like Game of Thrones. Uh, I'll that's, see it at some point. That's fair. Well, I will but, say uh, once, once Thrones ends, Joe, you need to – you should watch it. You really should. No, no, no. We do have to watch – oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I forgot you caught up. I'd love to. Um, again, just don't have I know you don't have the time, 75 hours you know, to watch Dragons. Over, over the around. course like, of the I'm year. watching this season. Over the course of the I year, you season probably three, do. And I'm watching this season. Let me live my life. Season three was good. Ooh, that was the Red Wedding. So that was that was pretty good season. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I, think I, I think I get it. You but, get the uh, gist of it. I knew who the characters were when the first episode came on this season. That's all That's I needed to know. That's probably the most important thing. They've all been good at some point. They've all been bad at some point. Someone's going to stand in the Iron Throne. Actually, everyone all dies. So yeah. really looking forward to this week's episode. Remember, we're Team Night King. Team Team Night King. Team White Walker. Yeah. But uh, our Night King possibly uh, sending hints like a jaded girlfriend that he wants to come back to Chicago. But oh, yeah. uh, I don't know if there's a path there, Matt. We're talking about Robbie Gold. Uh, he's requesting a trade from the 49ers. He, he just flat out said it. He wants to be closer to his home in Chicago, which encourages me, but also scares me because Green Bay is also close to Chicago. Um, don't know what their kicker situation is contractually. I don't even know if they, they'd give him a look, but uh, I think he just really wants to be a bear again. But again, I don't know if there's a, a, a path to that. There's three kickers on the roster, as well as the $4 million that you owe Cody Parkey, uh, a $500,000 cap hit for, for Blewett, who's by all means going to be the kicker this season. I just don't know how you do it other than trading Blewett for gold and I mean, then some picks and some pieces. But I mean, John I mean, Lynch is in 
Go ahead. Go. You do it by, and I, I, I know John Lynch technically holds all the cards, but you, I mean, you do it by essentially trading a seventh round pick or maybe even the conditional pick you got for Jordan Howard back over there to get Robbie Gold here, and then you part ways with the two kickers on basically tryout contracts that they have. I mean, yes, if you do that, you're going to have to pay Robbie what I think the the tag was giving giving him four eight, so you'll probably mm-hmm. have to give him five or somewhere around there. Maybe honestly, if he comes here. He won't make you pay any more than the four eight because he really would take the discount. Here. I don't know, um, but as far as Green Bay goes, they have Mason Crosby. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's still thirty four and he's been pretty good there. Yeah. Detroit has their kicker and Matt Prater. Minnesota, I guess, would be the one local team I'd be kind of worried about. But mm-hmm. John Lynch holds all the cards, yes. But at the same time, we see these situations all the time, and like. I, he's probably a little bit upset, but at the same time, if Robbie Gold, a guy who's by all accounts a good guy, he's a Walter Payton Man of the Year, I think finalist. I don't believe he won, right? Um, but like, if this guy says, "Yeah, I, I don't want to be here. I want to be closer to my family." Yeah, I, I'm sure that pisses you off a little bit at first. But what what good does it do for anybody for you to just let let a guy sit on your not even bench, just under on your books? What, what good does it do on, to anybody? Not let him sit on your bench or your books, but because you're not tagging you him it, next Matt. year because if you tag him next year then the price tag goes up again and you're not he's still not going to play so what good does it do for anybody to not trade him why not get a 6th round pick or something of value back you're going to eventually trade him but mm-hmm. you don't have to wait you could trade him in the middle of the season you could trade him week 10 you said it john lynch holds every single card and the box for the cards he doesn't have to trade Robbie Gold. He has him under contract. Whether or not he's going to kick for him, he can go out on the side of the road and get a Blewett or someone else. Um, we'll just give him just a Blewett. Just the same. We'll give him a Blewett. Yes, exactly. We'll give him Here. both. We'll give him Blewett. We'll give him our kicking competition. They can have all three of our kickers. But my point is is that it's going to take more than a sixth or seventh conditional to get Robbie Gold off of San Francisco's books because of the – negotiational situation that John Lynch, the negotiational power that John Lynch holds right now. I just I think you're going to have to I go above market I, for a kicker. I know he doesn't have to let Robbie play and he, his card is, okay, he's under contract with me. He's not going anywhere unless I want him to. But at the same time, I, I just don't get what negotiational power he has other than like you're, you're letting an asset go to waste or I can just, I know where this guy wants to go this yeah. is the only place he's going to probably go and be happy. No, not many other teams are going to even want to trade for him because they know where Robbie wants to be. Why not you just also, cut bait with it? Just take my pick and end it. Like I, I don't get the point in holding on to a sunken asset. I think that there's a dynamic that we can't ignore, and I do agree with what you just said. But the dynamic between uh, John Lynch and Ryan Pace has seen its twists and turns, um, a la the draft two years ago, where Ooh, yeah. you know. Uh, where John that was our, that was kind of had the upper hand there. Yes, it was. That was but, um, we got heated over that for a couple of How weeks. that plays into this and John Lynch wanting to maintain upper hand or any sort of egotistical uh, posturing that could happen, I think that's also a factor in that. It is, but like if if it, it's two years ago, man, if, you, if you're still worried about who won a trade from two years ago – and you're going to hold grudges over something that can help your team big now, egos. then, then you, you, okay, great. If you have that ego, if that's a big deal for you, you're not going to last much longer. You're, you're going to, like, it, it, that's going to catch up to you. If you're going to sacrifice helping your team, helping your organization for egos over a kicker, um, I think you're in a little bit of trouble going forward. And yeah, I, 
I don't think John. I don't think think if anything. Yeah, yeah, I think if anything, Ryan Pace is probably the one who cares more about that trade because even though now it probably looks like the Bears at least broke even on that deal, Mm -hmm. maybe got the better of it. No one is ever going to say that John Lynch looked bad on it because at the time, John Lynch won the trade. He stole everything from the Bears. Blah blah blah. But not like even now, once Trubisky looks good and Solomon Mm -hmm. Thomas hasn't been as good, nobody goes back and say, "Oh man, you know John Lynch really got ripped off." Nobody. Nobody looks poorly on John Lynch for that trade. If anything, it's still Pace who kind of wants to be the one-upper from that deal. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at some past kicker trades right now, and there aren't many. It does What's not the last happen. Last one, uh, Josh Scobie, uh, I think, to Pittsburgh. No, Carl, right? Daniel Carlson um, in 2018, last year. Daniel Carlson was uh, oh the um, uh, Vikings, right? They cut him after like week two. They cut him. He signed. Yeah, he signed with the Raiders. Uh, Vikings trade two sixth round picks to the Jets to draft Daniel Carlson. So that was okay. to draft. That him, was to I move guess. up in the draft, though. So that. Yeah, I mean, that actually. But actual draft, you're correct. Josh Scobie uh, was traded for a sixth rounder. Yeah. Um, Jaguars to Steelers. Prior to that, the name we do not speak of, Cody Parkey, uh, was traded to the Eagles for running back, running back David David Fluellen. Someone David that doesn't yeah, okay, you can um, say. a couple years prior, Giants traded Brandon McManus to the Broncos for a seventh round pick. So that is the market sixth, seventh round, right around there. I just I don't get what the point, what John Lynch's end game is by not just saying okay. Yeah. Like I, I get you're upset and you're going to be upset for a few days, but at the same time, it's not like this is a Antonio Brown situation where he's going out of his way to be a dick and he's annoying people. He's annoying in the locker room. No, his family lives in Chicago. His home is Chicago. He lives. You know, a five-hour flight away from Chicago, he'd like to be back there or close to it. I, you can't really blame a guy for that, especially when he has, you know, I think it's two kids that are, you know, in growing up stages yeah. at this point. I, yeah. I just, I don't get it. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bears. I, I would think the same way if it was Robbie Gold trying to force his way to the Pittsburgh Steelers or something like that. It just, yeah. it doesn't make I, sense to hold on to him. I obviously had this news in all of my shows yesterday. Yeah. And uh, in one of them, I said something along the lines of, uh, uh, Robbie cites reasons such as or something. Uh, he, uh, Robbie's intention is to move closer to home in Chicago to uh, to move back toward near Chicago to yeah. be closer to family. And I said and gave a little pause and uh, said been there, Robbie, and then went on to the next story. <laughs> I, uh, I empathized. I empathized a little we bit. We feel you, with Robbie, the, with well, the multimillionaire. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. I told you, he just you wants to be able to. He just wants to be able to play uh, Medina like three times a week. He just that's wants it. to be be able to go to Johnny's Beef every once in a while. He cites reasons such as wanting to play Medina more often. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I hope it works out, and I hope that this love affair is rekindled because if it I just was a betting like man, which the missing I am, piece still. I would bet that opening night against <laughs> Green Bay, Robbie Gold is kicking for the Bears. Think about that ovation. Yeah. That would be the craziest pregame ovation a kicker has ever got. We 100%. did – I don't know if you paid attention to this, if it caught much wind out there because Gold was getting involved with it. But we did like – during March Madness at NBC Sports Chicago, we did like Bears Madness and basically mm-hmm. you know, divided a bracket up into four you know, legends. We did you know, current team. You know, whatever. Robbie Gold ended up win- like he was an 11 seed in the tournament. He ended up beating every like he it was basically a fan vote. Like who do you like better or whatever? Like mm-hmm. who's gonna win a fan vote? He beat like Brian Urlacher. He beat George Hallis. Like he was getting involved. Jesus. He filmed like a he filmed a video with Sister Jean about like being an underdog in a tournament, making a run. Like the dude was fully invested into like being you know back into the Bears fan like circle. Beware, beware the 11 five. I think, beware the 11 five. I think he wants it. Uh, he wants it bad. He wants to be back here. 
Make it happen. Um, Bring Robbie home. We're hoping we're hoping that it does happen, and we're just happy to be talking football here uh, in the early stages of summer. Um, let's keep everyone healthy through camp, and let's go chase the Super Bowl. What does, does that sound good? I'm, I'm good with that. All right. Well, there's plenty uh, to talk about on the football front. It is draft time. Uh, the first round taking place on Thursday. It's weird. And then, it doesn't feel um, like draft time. It doesn't. The draft this year in Nashville, um, and it doesn't feel like draft, draft time largely because the Bears are without those first couple picks or first couple round picks. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's not the worst position to be in because of where the roster's at right now. There aren't a ton of needs to fill, and Ryan Pace even said it. We're in a situation where we can – uh, make some nice moves in the middle and late rounds, but our ras- roster is such mm-hmm. that we're just taking best available. We, yeah. we don't have to target a position. We're going best available, and I like that. I disagree with that a little bit. I think there are one or two positions that you and I would both say we'd be shocked. Could you sharing up at, if yeah. there's not a running back picked and a defensive back picked at some point in the draft? I wouldn't be. I, I trust Ryan Pace because it, he's drafted well, but especially in these you know middle to late rounds, he's done very well. Um, I, if he doesn't see the talent there or whatever, I, but I'd be shocked if we don't see a running back and a D back. But other than those two, yeah, he's absolutely right. Like, let's just, let's go get the best guy available. Let's try and pick up mm-hmm. a guy who's good on special teams and, you know, let, let's go from there. And like he said, I think in his press conference, when the, uh, the 24th pick or the Raiders go on the 24th pick or on the clock for the 24th pick, we're just going to be watching Khalil Mack highlights. So I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't know if there's any validity to it, but. That is two less rounds for Ryan Pace to have to study up on. He doesn't have to really break down any of these early guys because I don't see them trading back into any of the early even, rounds. So even he his, said it. It's pretty. It's his mental bandwidth is completely dedicated to these middle round, late mm-hmm. round finds. So I think, uh, yeah, uh, as you said, he has been successful in the past and hopefully find some value there again. But um, what's the? Uh, or, I want to uh, ask you what's the what's the vibe out there because you got. The yeah, Niners have early, the number two early, pick. Early. The Raiders have the number four, and not only the Raiders have the number four, but they have more than enough ammunition to go up to one if they really wanted to. What's the over you know prevailing thought there? Where do people think they're going to go? These two teams are going to go. Does anybody think the Raiders are going to trade up? How, how's the how's the vibe out there? Because those no two one teams has, have a lot of stake early on in this draft. No one has any clue. Um, starting on the 49er sides of things, at the number two pick, it's likely that they're still deliberating between Quinn and Williams and Nick Bosa and trading the pick. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure there's a wrong decision of those three. I think there is. I think okay. it's really, really, really tough to draft an interior lineman at number two. I can understand. And not to say that Quinn and Williams isn't going to have a successful career. I believe that he's going to be a great player. Mm-hmm. But – the Niners have a history of drafting big-name linemen, sometimes interior linemen, um, early on in the draft for f- first five picks, a la Solomon Thomas, who don't really pan out to be first-round forces that you're looking for there. Um, uh-huh. If I have the pick, if I'm John Lynch, I go with Quinnen Williams. If you, or excuse me, I go with uh, Nick Bosa. Okay. If you trade back... I was going to say that was interesting. If you trade... No, 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 no yeah. It's a big I'm twist. Contradicting myself. Um... If you trade back, you're trading back either super deep or you're trading back to the Giants at six. I don't see any reason that the Raiders would trade up to two. Um, but if you're trading back to six, Quinn and Williams likely not there as well. So you're in a situation mm-hmm. where you're, there's a bit of a no man's land there from two to six. And if, if any of your guys that you're labeling are going to be there, I yeah. do think that they go with Bosa at two, um, despite what he's now the, the center of 
a media firestorm over old tweets and his conservative uh, political views and things he said in the past on Twitter about Colin Kaepernick and then to be drafted to Kaepernick's ex franchise, mm-hmm. the optics don't look good. And, you know, we get a couple, we get a few of these every year where they uh, uh, besmirch uh, a young man and, and sometimes it's warranted, sometimes it's not. Uh, I'll stay out of this one, but I do think it's Bosat too. Um, on the Raiders side's a thing, who the hell knows? No one um, knows, man. I, I, I'm sure you guys caught wind of it back in the Midwest, oh, but yeah. uh, John Gruden and Mike Mayock cleaning out the draft room, sending the scouts home, um, Mayock citing that couldn't trust anyone. Um, and actually, By the way, the, he him, totally meant Gruden, too. Uh, oh, absolutely. 100%. absolutely. Those, those two each like had their own like disciples in the scouting ranks, and no doubt about it, they were kind of divided amongst them, so they both just dismissed yeah. everybody, and now they're pretty much sitting at a table staring at each other waiting for someone to blink. Um, over at CBS 13, we have, uh, as you would say in the business, sources close to the situation. Hashtag um, sources. Family members close to a couple of those two names that we had just named. Do you know and John Gruden? No, I don't. And okay. uh, it's actually a, it's a Mayock connection. Oh. And he apparently is out at sea in a paddle boat with no paddle. Like he's so overwhelmed right now. He's so out of his element. And I made the point. You essentially, and not to shortchange what John Gruden has done for the game, but as of right now and what the league is today and their understanding of it, you have two broadcasters right now as the only two people running your draft mm-hmm. room. And Mike Mayock been around the game forever. John Gruden, one of the greatest minds around the game. But there's something different, a completely different element that player personnel has to do with. That's why you have scouts. Yeah. Is because that is their job is to understand player personnel, to understand ceilings and floors, all of those things that maybe coaches and general managers don't have that nuanced understanding of, especially when you're a first time general manager. I am so worried for the for the Raiders because this is a franchise in flux that's gonna move in twelve months or twenty four months, depending mm-hmm. on when that stadium's done. It is a quarterback who's coming to terms on a contract in two years. It is, or three years. It is a wide receiver who just got traded and then you just got picked up a problem guy. I mean, they are a powder keg waiting for a spark. And I really think that if they don't get it right this draft, and you don't know for 18 months, however Mm -hmm. long until these guys pan out, but if they don't get it right this draft, it sets back this franchise another decade. It really does. Yeah, it's... It's surprising to me to see Mike Mayock go. I, I know you said he was a broadcaster, which is absolutely true, but he always seemed like a great football mind to me and a very knowledgeable yeah, draft guy. It had been, yeah. honestly, a guy that before this hire had been in interview circles. That's a good, been said, that's a good know, like, like, first take line, right? Yeah, the it, two broadcasters running your draft. That, 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 was, sounds like, that, that yeah. was pretty good, Stephen A. So that's going um, on. Yeah. Uh, but he seemed like the guy who, once he got hired, could do well, but kind of needed that experience around him to kind of guide him through the you know the waters for the first couple of years. Not even yeah. first couple of years, first little while, just kind of until he got his feet wet. But I don't know if it's just being in the Raiders building that makes people go crazy, being near John Gruden that makes people go crazy, but it just seems like he's completely gone off the deep end here. He didn't seem, seem like this unstable guy, but now both him and Gruden seem like I don't even. I don't even know, man. It's just. I think it's very much to do with the dynamic the there. I think it's very much to do with the what dynamic. What is the dynamic? I guess that's a good. What is the dynamic there? I don't know. There's a. Po- I, I imagine there's a bit of a power struggle um, at this point 
because it's John Gruden's franchise. Uh, John Gruden went out and got those picks and, uh, you know, as an extension of the younger Davis um, ownership. Well, just why did they hire a general manager then? And that's, that's a great question. I think because it's hard to compartmentalize all of those jobs. You're at such a deficit if you're a head coach, general manager, unless your name's Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, I don't think that too many guys could find success in, in that sort of um, organizational makeup. But um, John Gruden is still the end-all, be-all when it comes to decision-making there. And I think that creates a bit of a power dynamic that's not great for a general manager. No. You know, that's, not, that's not the pecking order in most buildings. And I think that's the pecking order in Oakland. But um, it's, it's interesting to see what, they will, what they'll do at four. Um, they could maximize. They could trade even further back and pick up some some late round picks or some mid round picks or pick up first round picks and later drafts. And uh, they need so many different things. They need defensive line help. Uh, they need I, I think mean, ideally defensive line help. They need tight end help. Uh, they could go a lot of different directions. I mean, uh, you could if you want to get with Josh Allen will probably be there, right? I mean, if if you want to go the edge mm-hmm. rusher and grab him, okay. If you want to. Ed Oliver, maybe I'm not really sure how they see what. But if you wanted to trade back, I mean, the Giants are rumored to be looking at Dwayne Haskins or a quarterback, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not for sure, but you could probably get a lot if you trade back to ten with Denver, who I know they just traded for Joe Flacco, but I highly doubt they see Joe Flacco as their quarterback in the future. That's not jumping back too far, and you can probably grab, you know, at least another second round pick, if not a future first round pick as well. I don't see why you don't trade back unless you think a guy like Josh Allen is like a franchise-changing defensive end, which, because they traded us Khalil Mack, they do desperately need pass rushing help. But it's, yeah. it's an interesting situation, but I'm with you. I think I'd be highly, highly exploring trading back. And the final option that they do have, which is Tyler. the which makes the least sense, which means it's probably what they'll do is trading up to one and blowing the bank that they just put together for Kyler Murray and then further putting stress on your franchise, putting stress on your franchise quarterback. Um, Again, you know how I feel about Kyler Murray wasting three picks on a guy that probably won't be on the roster five years from now, Mm -hmm. but I guess we'll see on Wednesday or Thursday. Today is Wednesday. Gut feeling. You think he goes one to Arizona or do you think this has all been a smoke screen? It's been a elaborate smokescreen if it's a smokescreen. So I think he goes one to um, the, the latest report I saw. Arizona. I got CBS's uh, mock Which, draft up in front of me now. Pete Prisco from CBS, mm-hmm. who's a pretty good NFL writer, says his later his latest report is the Cardinals are going to pass on Murray at one. Which I so, think would be good. Which I think would be good for I'm, the Cardinals and good for I Murray. Because I, I agree. I think the Cardinals need a pass rusher. I think if you get Nick Bosa, on I think defense, the Cardinals need offensive line. Help. Okay, the Cardinals need everything. Put, you put Car- Kyler Murray behind an offensive line that gave up, I think, like the second or third most sacks in the league last year. Josh oh, yeah. Rosen that played the majority of the really. season on his back. There's no way to develop a quarterback behind that sort of offensive line. I don't care no, if it's but, Kyler Murray or a young Tom Brady. You can't develop there's, young there's talent not, behind those O lines. There's not. This isn't a very deep offensive line draft like yeah. like we've had in years past. So if they want to go get Nick Bosa and just get themselves what many people is the best player in the draft. I can't really blame themselves for that. If they want to trade back and maybe try and grab a couple offensive linemen in this draft, I also wouldn't be opposed. I just, you and I both have been very high on Josh Rosen's talent, and I think last year with what he was given, 
Uh, he actually did a pretty decent job on an awful team. Again, also being, we've talked about on the podcast before, a, a quarterback being thrown into a situation way too early that he wasn't ready for. Um, I'm still very high on Josh Rosen, and if the Cardinals are, if I was a team looking for a quarterback, I'd be on the phone trying to trade for him now. But I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I would not be going with Kyler Murray at one, although I think I'm a little higher on Kyler Murray. I think he'll have an okay NFL career in the right situation. Um, I think you got to either go get that best pass rusher in the draft or trade back and bolster that offensive line. Uh, tangentially related, is Sam Bradford still playing football? Uh, he signed a one-year deal, I think, with, with Arizona, <laughs> He always right? signs a one-year deal. I mean, he'll sign a one – I think it was like a one-year <laughs> $20 million deal somehow. God that man, that man has stolen more money. <laughs> I, like, he's he's approaching Gilbert Arenas era right now in the amount of Gilbert Arenas dollars. at least had a couple years as a star. Sam Bradford was never a star. I'm pretty sure. Oh, sorry, I got the got the lawn guys out here. That's okay. That's you know that's, that's the price Clean we pay for being a uh, for being a uh, you know yeah over the nice airwaves podcast. Yeah, that's true. I thought you were complimenting my selection on No, no. Sam Bradford has so. earned over one hundred and twenty nine million dollars in his career so far. And how okay, how many how much money has he made in the last six years? Oh can god. You quick count I, that or no? I can you know, if you give me some, that's if, all you, stolen money. if you if you fill some time I might be able to find it. Well, Sam Bradford couldn't have taken more than two hundred snaps, maybe well, we a little higher, maybe four hundred snaps in the last six years. He got twenty last year. That is, that's for certain. He was a one-year, twenty million dollar deal with the Cardinals, which is absolutely nuts. Trying to scroll through. Sam Bradford is the fourteenth highest-paid quarterback of all time in career. God bless. For he's God made one hundred thirty million dollars. Holy hell! Just short of, just shy of Brett Favre. Doesn't have a Player of the Week award to show for it. Probably. No. I'm sorry. He got. He made fifteen last year. He made eighteen from the Vikings in 2017. 11 from the Eagles in 16. No, I'm sorry. He made a combined 18 and 16, 7 from the Vikings, 11 from the Eagles, 12 and 15, 14 and 4. Jesus, this guy made so much money. Yeah. He's making. He's been making multi-million dollars every year for his entire career. Good for him. Maybe other than years one and two. Wouldn't it but, be awesome um, to get paid that much money to be bad at your job? Yeah, I mean, I would he love that. sustained some terrible injuries, but... Um, we're here for you, bud. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're off on a tangent, though. I, that was just had me thinking of um, you know the Cardinals quarterback uh, situation, and uh, if it is Murray, this is their third different starter in as many years, uh, or actually third different starter in two years, mm-hmm. third different guy they've acquired in three years uh, under three different coaches. So yeah. stability is not the hallmark in Arizona. Another reason why, if Kyler Murray goes there, it's it's a it's a quick route to nowhere. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping he goes somewhere else so I can eat crow and uh, everyone can tell me I was wrong about um, his talent transitioning to the NFL because I do root for him. Um, he's a fun, electrifying player. I just don't know if uh, a guy that size can can lead an NFL team to championship levels. So yeah, I guess there, I'm sorry, I'm very distracted. There's a window washer outside my 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 window right now. It's it's very look at us. Look at us, services, just goods and services here. Uh, like, um, wouldn't I would be terrified? I'm basically I'm relying on like a metal clamp and a rope to keep me to keep me alive. Yeah, I could never be a window washer. It's got to be like recovering adrenaline junkies who like used to ride motorcycles off of mountains and stuff, like evil can evil guys that still need to scratch the itch a little bit. So they let's, let's wash clean windows. those windows. No, uh, it, sure, I can see that. 
Yeah, let's go. Um, that's still plenty more to get. Still plenty more to get to here. Let's move past draft a little bit. Uh, we got to talk some NHL hockey because last night was so entertaining. This whole first round has been so entertaining, both NBA and NHL. But last night's San Jose Sharks game was like nothing I'd seen before. Game seven between the Sharks and the Knights. If you didn't see it, go back and look at it. Sharks trailing three to nothing uh, with about ten minutes left in the game in the third period. Um, uh, Joe Pavelski catches a cross check. Uh, underneath the chin, gets upended a bit and hit by another player. Super ugly-looking play. Not a five-minute major, but mm-hmm. was called a five-minute major and ejection. I believe it was Eakin. Was it Cody Eakin? Got, yeah, I believe got so, the yeah. boot. Um, so five-minute power play. The Sharks proceed to score four goals in four minutes on that power play. I'd never I've seen never seen a seen- streak like that we've seen our fair share of you know cool unpredictable yeah. playoff moments first one that always comes to mind we were in the building game game five against yeah. the Preds the, the scoring shorthanded then you got the two and 17 seconds I mean there, the there's kill. yeah there's so many things that we've seen that are unlikely and I think that tops them all I mean four power play goals in a five and I'm, I'm totally with you that wasn't a five minute major and I think it might do the NHL some service in the future to develop similar to what NCAA football has for targeting if yeah. you call a five minute major we're taking a look at it like we're yeah. gonna like no matter what you're getting the two minutes that's fine but we're gonna take a look at it we're gonna actually get this right instead of okay he's out cold we have to call a five minute major because he's out cold but you know in, in the heat of the moment Matt, um, I, I think that it. would do some service it was the lead. It was the lead in my show yesterday. So I was really, I was looking at it, breaking it down real time, and I counted. They cleared the puck. They cleared the zone. And now, whether or not that was a penalty, okay, your kill needs to do better. Yeah, your Vegas, Mark Andre Fleury needs to do better. But the puck was in the zone. Out of that five minutes, I mean, I, I don't know the exact number on it, but it was in the zone for at least three and a half minutes, almost four minutes. I it's, think I counted. I think I counted a, co- a total of three clearances in the first four minutes of that power play. I mean, I'm going to be like, yes, that was a bad call. It should not have been five minutes after the first goal. It should have been wiped out, or at the very least, you know, it should have been, you can figure out a way to make it a double minor. That's fine. That said, just don't allow four goals in five minutes. Like I, I get they have the momentum. I know that building's buzzing after one. You need to sack up, clear the puck, make some saves. I mean, Jonathan marches. So said after the game, you know, basically the refs stole that game from us. Well, no, you guys allowed four goals in less than five minutes. After you, you blew a three-one series lead and then a three-nothing lead in Game Seven. No, no yeah, one I didn't blew like, that, but Vegas. I didn't and like I any Vegas. of the sound. I thought they were going to win the like, West. See, I didn't like any of the sound coming out of Vegas. Um, Gallant or Gallant, whatever mm-hmm. the the head coach, he was chirping players and then called. Uh, Boudreaux or uh, DeBoer, excuse me, uh, a clown mm-hmm. before the game yesterday. All the players chirp. I just didn't like the tenor out of that building. And not only did you blow a 3 nothing lead, you were able to come back and tie it 4-4 inside a yeah. minute. Vegas scores with 53 seconds left on a beautiful passing play under the goal line. Um, and then ties they it almost, up at 4-4. They almost scored right overtime. before overtime, too. They yeah, had another really sends good it to overtime. Goals. 18 minutes into overtime, uh, game winner off of the stick of, it was Goodrow. Uh, um, no, uh, Barclay, Goodrow. Yeah. Um, it was off of the stick of Goodrow and, um, it was just the, 
um, the culmination of an amazing 45 minutes of hockey watching. It was really something special. What's going to be fun, at least for, you know, obviously because NBC, the national games they show out here are mainly, you know, East Coast rivalries and all that stuff. The, uh-huh. the Pacific Division especially, there haven't been like those huge rivalries to, you know, get that invested in. Like the Kings and Sharks for – or the Kings and Ducks for a year or two was big, but neither team's all that good now. Now that like there's, you know, this this 3-1 series comeback, there's this epic game seven, there's clearly some bad blood between both sides. This could be the really fun kind of West Coast rivalry that I think Vegas has kind of needed and San Jose hasn't really had for a long time. I think going forward, this is going to be a very fun rivalry, and because of the new playoff system, this will not be the last time we see these two in the playoffs against each other. But I, I'm just I'm at a loss. I need to I need to thank my cousin Johnny. Not even sure he's listening to the podcast, but I, I got home from work last night. I left work when it was three nothing. but didn't even turn the game back on, and he shoots mm-hmm. me a text like, "Hey, are you watching the hockey game?" I was like, "No, it's it's over, right?" He's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably want to turn on the hockey game, and that was right after San Jose uh, scored to make it three two. And I just that was that was <laughs> awesome. We have a, a couple diehards in the building. One of our directors uh, yesterday, he uh, huge Sharks fan. Season tickets sold them, couldn't get to the game. Yada yada yada. But was so dejected after watching the first two and a half periods and um, squealing like a little girl as they made this comeback and it. It made me feel what I what I felt uh, a couple of those moments with with the Hawks, and I went up to him. I go, I know the nausea that you're oh. feeling right now. It gets better. <laughs> it actually, uh, um, it really, it really doesn't get that much better. I feel like even I just like, I had the Black I had Hawks just prime, there man, like, whether it was 2010 in overtime no, just, or yeah. if it was you know 2015, like it, it was the same. It felt the exact same. It was terrifyingly awful, but. Then that's, when they win, it's great. It's the nature of of that game and the way that now, momentum shifts. But now, man, I have Stan to, Bowman. Let's have a good off season. Let's get us back there. All right, because we're we're a, I, we're a good off season away. Right? Now. Come on, we're a, we're a good on. off season away from being right back there. I'm telling you, they're Matt, not that before far. We, Ooh, we before have we pontificate, uh, we do. And uh, I wanted to ask you with L-O-L where things stand right Toronto. now. You said you liked Vegas coming out of uh, the West, but now that that's not the option. What is so, your I'm go San Jose. I, I think after watching think the they, way that series went back and forth, yeah. um, I don't really love anybody else left in the West. I don't really love Colorado, Dallas, and I mean St. Louis is probably the other fav, maybe favorite, yeah. but I, I, they beat kind of a banged up Winnipeg team. I really like San Jose going forward. I, I, it, you look for just, in these playoff runs, you know, teams that went, end up winning that end up going far have these moments. You know, the moments that stick out, like the cup we brought up with the Hawks, this seems like one of those championship-type moments for San Jose. And, so I, I'm going to go You know, the storylines the story are all there. It's Jumbo Joe's last season. Mm-hmm. Um, get it done for the guy. Apparently, uh, as, after Pavelski was taken off the ice and they called the five-minute um, misconduct, Joe pulled everyone in on the bench and said, because he's not on the power play, mm-hmm. he said, go score, go get me three effing goals and they went out and got him four and they they said it was a you know a big turning point right there that that joe really got the boys going so they do have the storylines i am concerned you know i don't know much about colorado but i'm concerned with how long pavelski's going to be out um he lost 
16th earlier in, in the in the round against uh, he was playing with the fishbowl because mm-hmm. he took a puck off the face actually scored a goal redirected one with his mouth and now he's got however many stitches in the side of his head because he was leaking plus a guaranteed concussion he did not know where he was out mm-hmm. cold on the ice last night so not having Pavelski does hurt you early in this series it's gonna hurt him but they they still got a couple days to recover I think they're What's it? Today's the twenty third, right? Night or twenty fourth? I think they mm-hmm. opened up that they series the twenty sixth. So yeah. I mean, I don't think you're going to see him in game one. But after that, I mean, I know he's probably concussed and has all those issues. But hockey players mysteriously seem to get over yeah. concussions pretty quickly in the playoffs. Upper body. Wonder, wonder how that body. works. Um, <laughs> I, I think you'll see him back eventually. And while I I, I like Colorado, skating with a Calgary, concussion is a wild thing to think about. It really is. Um, I, I don't think Colorado has the depth or the defense to really. I, I think San Jose is going to be able to outrun. They, Colorado can score with anybody, but I think in the long run, San Jose probably outlasts because they're stronger on the back end. But we'll, that, that should be a fun series, kind of like this one. I think we're going to see a lot of fast-paced yeah. hockey. May, maybe not always. I mean, you have two goalies very capable of standing on their heads, but mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of fast-paced hockey, a lot of, a lot of good chances in that one. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, Matt, you know that the beauty of working in sports and in a sports office is that there are TVs everywhere. Everywhere. It's great. And I had Sharks up next to uh, the Portland um, Game 6 of – or 5, excuse me, of uh, Portland, uh, Oklahoma City. And right as that game finished, right as the Sharks game finished – or excuse me, uh, they were in the intermission. It was in the intermission. Right mm-hmm. as they were in intermission, uh, Damian Lillard – hits a three-pointer from 36 feet away and waves goodbye to Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder, who did nothing but talk. And uh, it was a fantastic moment. Just the level of play, both in the NHL and the NBA, has been so entertaining, especially for first-round basketball and mm-hmm. hockey, that we've often knocked in the past. You know, I've, I've had this growing sentiment for a while. Your thoughts. I, I've, I've always <laughs> kind of enjoyed Damian Lillard. I don't get to watch him a ton because he plays out in Portland on the West Coast, but I've always liked he's watching quiet, him. He's he's unassuming. I've always liked watching the Blazers. I don't really know why. I've always kind of liked the Blazers. Maybe it's their logo. But I think last night, and I will be honest with you, Lillard's shot was the only shot of the game that I watched. That you saw. Yeah. I'm pretty sure last night confirmed Damian Lillard is my favorite player in the NBA. Ooh. I, I, I guess nice. I, I, I could say a bull is. I'd probably be lying if we're, if we're being totally <laughs> honest. <laughs> um, I, the Bulls are my favorite team, sure. I, I love watching him play. I love the way he carries himself. I love. I really like that Blazers team. They're a lot of fun. They can shoot the lights out. That's a fun team to watch. They're, they're not going to win the West because uh, Golden State's going to win the West. But I, and especially going up against OKC and how Russ and uh, Paul George treated the media the other day. It was nice to see somebody just kind of shut them up. Now, granted, they get yeah. shut up pretty much every playoffs now, it seems. Um, but it was, it was fun a to moment see of somebody. Humility. And it, not only somebody shut them up, but a guy that they've been, especially Russell Westbrook, pretty much attacked and went after all series and tried to get under the skin of, just couldn't get under his skin. And, and Lillard yeah. just right in his face. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, just a great moment. And uh, there have been some great moments in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Looking forward to a very entertaining uh, stretch here over the next month and a half, two months. But uh, let's keep this thing moving here, Matt. Uh, you've, you've got – we've been largely positive today, but uh, yeah. you, have some, you have some negativity to bring to the podcast because life is about balance. 
The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're gonna hear about it. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind, cause I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, so we talked about, uh, we haven't talked about baseball much this uh, this season, I guess, because we've been, uh, been assumed with a lot of other things. I've actually been okay with the White Sox start so far. Um, mm-hmm. Offensively, I think you've seen a lot. You know, Yohan Moncada's having a good year. Tim Anderson's having a good year. Jose Abreu seems to be starting to heat up a little bit. The guys you've wanted to see come around largely have. But we were told when Manny Machado didn't sign here, when they didn't get him here, that, you know, the money will be spent. And I, we've said on this podcast a hundred times how the White Sox can be cheap and it's annoying. But you look at last night's game, and I'm sure you didn't watch last night's game. The White Sox lost nine to one to the Baltimore Orioles. Um, nice, ouch! Because Ivan Nova went out and got uh, there. I don't hate Ivan Nova as much as Irvin Santana signing, but that's neither here nor there. They're, they're you know prized back end of the rotation. You know this guy's going to be a good mentor type guy, eat up innings. Went out and gave them four innings, 11 hits, nine earned runs, four home runs against by far the worst team in baseball last night. Mm-hmm. And you got a guy, you're not, I've said it a hundred times, you're not paying anybody for five years, six years, whatever. You have a guy in Dallas Keuchel who's still a former Cy Young winner. He's not the Cy Young winner anymore, but he's still a very good pitcher sitting out there. You have Gio Gonzalez now sitting out there. You're not spending any money. I, I'm so sick. There was an article, NBC Sports Chicago, our Sox guy wrote last night saying, you know, Sox fans, you know, you you don't like these two guys at the back end of the rotation. Well, there's not many other options. And he even touched on at the back end of the article, like, yeah, Keiko and Gonzalez are there, but that's a pipe dream. That shouldn't be a pipe dream. Why is that a pipe dream? Why is that a pipe dream? We're not paying anybody. I know eventually, maybe as soon as next year, Kopech and Cease are in this rotation and by all accounts, probably at the top of this rotation. But that said, for now, like, you got doesn't hurt options. to have it, it four good pitchers. It doesn't hurt to have options because, as we've seen, pitchers get hurt. Pitchers have arm trouble. You can trade pitching to somebody who needs it. It doesn't hurt to have a guy like Dallas Keuchel sign for three years. I guarantee you his contract demands aren't nearly as high as they used to be. It doesn't make sense to let these guys sit and just continually throw out Ivan Nova and Irvin Santana every fourth and fifth day and tell me the money is going to be spent because it's not. There's nobody out. I mean, I'm looking at a list of free agents next year. I mean, there's no pitching out there. I mean, you're looking yeah. at Madison Bumgarner. If you want to overpay for Madison Bumgarner, who's on the back end don't, of his career, which, watch it. Watch that's that's what they'll do. Um, I don't use this lightly, but he is he's clubhouse done. cancer. Not only is he done, he is. I've watched him move for the last two springs and for a couple games here and there. He is not what you need in a young clubhouse. No, I mean, what are you, you going to do? You're going to pay 30-year-old Zach Wheeler, who's had Tommy John before? I mean, there's there's yeah. Rick Porcello. There's nobody. You have your chance to go get a guy who's going to be your back end of the rotation guy for the next three years and be a mentor, but, you know, he's mm-hmm. going to cost you some money, so let's just try and, and keep putting guys like Ivan Nova and Irvin Santana back there because they cost us less. Don't lie and tell us the money's going to be spent. It's not going to be spent. Yeah. Um, the, and it, it bothers me as a White Sox. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm going to keep ranting. It bothers me as a White Sox fan because no, there are things to root for this year. We've seen the we've seen flashes on the offensive end, like they're able to score runs. We, we've seen flashes from guys like Carlos Rodon. Is Reynaldo Lopez hasn't had the best start to the year, but he's had a couple 
he's put together a couple of decent ones back to back. Lucas Giolito, we've started to see a little bit better from. The pieces are there. They just refuse to put the comp. They, they refuse to spend to put the complementary pieces around them, even though they're not paying the main pieces. It I've makes said no it before, sense. Matt. I've said it before in the past that um, in rebuilds, the willingness to go get players from management always indicates where you're at in a rebuild. And these indications, I think, in summation of what you've said, these indications are not giving White Sox fans any sort of optimism. No, it's you like, know, it, it doesn't give me optimism. You're not going to moneyball your agents. way back to the playoffs. At some point, you need to spend. Yeah, and they're just, no, they ha- they've had their chance. This was the offseason to do it. And there's still options out there. They're still not. Yeah. It's um, it's infuriating because I still care about the team, and so many of the pieces we want to see show flashes are showing flashes. They just refuse to put the complimentary pieces around them. Um, I could I could go a little lighthearted here, but sure. also regarding socks pitching, save me uh, for myself. I saw four. That's right, four of Carlos Rodon's uh, putters the other oh. day. He sends his putters to my putter guy oh. in Northern California. How about that? That's pretty good. Should I send yeah, my I putter to, to your putter guy? You should, because I went. Well, I went and dropped it off at his shop the other day up in Auburn, and he can do anything you want. I showed I you. I, the, I showed you my putter. You think um, I know what I want? I didn't know what I wanted either. But uh, his shop is unbelievable. He how much? Great did, work. Uh, how much that putter such a bad? Not the the putter itself. The like how does how much does the, the restoration set, set it back? Yeah, zero dollars because I traded in uh, my old Scotty. I traded in my Del Mar. Okay, well, what, had, okay, uh, what if you didn't have a trade in putter? We never got that far in the conversation, but I assume I think his website says it's somewhere from like a buck fifty to two fifty, depending what you're doing. Um, mine probably would have been closer to the two fifty range because it was a full, you know, remill. I got it on off. I got it off eBay um, for a song that someone had obviously just done terrible things. His putter was all dinged up. He remilled the face, buffed everything down, looked like a brand new putter, and then he finishes them. So, uh, uh, NorCal Putters, there's your plug. There's your shameless plug. No free ads, but NorCal Putters on Instagram. Some fantastic work. Matt, well, it wasn't you, uh, a free ad because, you know, you probably got all something for that. Um, no, I didn't. I just wanted to point out. Well, because I didn't. up big time out there. That's from right. What I've been, um, from I did know. I obviously wasn't asking, you know, whose putters he has in there, but I walked into the shop and he had a signed Rodon jersey on the wall. I go, are you a White Sox fan? He goes, uh, not necessarily, nah. but he's a, he's a client and he's got four of his putters here. I go, ooh, let me see. So um, there's there was a way what to, is Co- to... What does Carlos Rodon need four putters for? That's what I said. And the, he showed me two of them and they were both very similar, just normal, you know, half mallet putters. But um, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll, I'll give you my putter or something. Have you uh, have you run it by the yeah. shop for me? Dude, it, Get he, me a ships, deal. He, he ships worldwide. He, he yeah, does but no, like if I have you like take it in there for him, maybe you know, give, give me a deal. Get a little, get a little deal here. Yeah, um, do your friend yeah. a favor. Scotty Cameron follows him on Instagram, so cosign, cosign, cosign. Do I didn't even know Scotty, like actual Scotty Cameron or the company. Actual Scotty Cameron. Yeah, I didn't. I actually um, didn't know who that was or if he was still alive. Are you serious? Yeah, he's at like every tournament every weekend. They have him yeah. on Golf Channel a ton. Oh yeah, I don't. I didn't pay attention. <laughs> you thought he was like an old Scotsman that it was just the namesake of this putter company. Could have been. Yeah, very much, very much could have been. Uh, Matt, let's jump into some buy or sell here before we lose our minds. It might be too late for that. I think I already have, but that was about a hundred. That was about a hundred episodes. Ago. Would you like to lead us on? Here, you know, actually, take a breath, Matt, because <laughs> yeah, uh, one, just want to. Well, actually, no. Let me ask you. Qu- let me just ask you the no, question no, you, so you, I can you, take a breath. 
you take time, you rest. You just wanted to plug Moose and Runes from uh, Palm from Palm Springs, Palm California. Springs. Two weeks from today, uh, we don't know exactly what or when we will be dropping, but two weeks from today, we will be in the desert playing some golf. Uh, some some beautiful golf. We actually just in the group text uh, with with the cousins and brothers and whatnot. Uh, just got a text from Brian Rooney saying two weeks. Matt slash Mike, be sure to bring enough sunscreen. Your Polish skin doesn't take too kindly to the desert sun. Jokes so, on uh, you guys. I have Irish skin. That um, that takes. Yeah, I think much just better a big, sun. just a big big gardener's hat is probably your your well, best you, bet. You 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 that, sent that the you you could buy that for me as a podcasting. <laughs> you sent the Nike one in that group chat. You could buy me that one. I, I'll wear it as a as a podcasting. It may be around the podcast that we're recording that nobody will see me. The uh, Sun Protect Nike golf hat and a tiger uh, mock turtle. I think oh, that's the man. Look. I would look I look all weekend. That outfit says seventy five. If anything, <laughs> um, but uh, Matt. I hope you're mentally recovered. Let's jump into some buyer stuff. All right, I'll, I'll start us off here. I, I want to go back to uh, that NBA game last night, uh, go to the, the Thunder side of things. This is the second mm-hmm. straight first-round exit for the Paul George-Russell Westbrook combination. Buy or sell those two ever make it to a conference final together? Um, I'm selling. They're both going to be there long-term. They're both on maxes. Uh, I think that maybe, maybe, maybe – um, Paul George signs a contract after this current one. I think Russ will sign another one, but he'll then be in the twilight. Mm-hmm. You've seen Russell Westbrook just digress, not in terms of skill and production, but in terms of you know cohesiveness with his team. It has to be Russ versus everybody. You know, some nights, yes, Paul George will give you thirty, thirty-five, and he might be the defensive player of the year. He's been a great help to that team, but with the talent that's in the West and the consistent injury every October or consistent knee procedure, quote unquote, uh, to Russell Westbrook that he's had the last three years, his body's breaking down already. He's, he's mm-hmm. had multiple scopes, um, just the way he plays the game, a la Derek Rose, durability, you know, durability comes in question from 30 on and Russell Westbrook, I believe is 30 years old now. And, um, especially the you know, style I don't, he plays. Uh, his shots not there. That's not something he can lean on as he grows older. Um, Paul George, Paul George is no spring chicken and Steven Adams, which I don't know. I think he's got one more year on this contract was largely disappointing this year. And Mm -hmm. so much of what Steven Adams did defensively on the boards and offensively made that team go. If he doesn't come back into form that he once was, I don't even know if they're, uh, dare I say it? I don't, I don't know. I think they could miss the playoffs um, sometime in this next three, four years. They kind of Uh, almost did this year. Yeah, I just don't I don't see them ever making it to a conference finals. And that puts Russell Westbrook I keep almost saying Russell Wilson. That puts Russell Westbrook's legacy I don't want to say in question, but it puts him in an echelon of players um not amongst where we hold him right now. You mm-hmm. know, uh, great statistical career, triple doubles, all of that. The 2020-20 game this year something that won't be replicated. He does amazing things, but amazing things don't always lead to winning basketball. I'm selling. I don't think they ever make a conference championship. Mm-hmm. I, I I would agree with you there. For I mean, you said it better than I could. I, I'm with you. I agree. I don't think they get much farther than first or second round, if that. Yeah. Uh, Matt, buy or sell. Marshawn Lynch retiring, announcing his retirement, retirement today or tomorrow. I'm not sure when the presser is going to be or if there's even going to be a presser. Probably not going to be one. But Marshawn Lynch retiring as a Raider. 
another indication of, I don't know, something going on in Oakland. Mm-hmm. But buy or sell, Marshawn was the most entertaining running back of the last decade. I know very uh, subjective there. Um, oh, I, but, I uh, think this is an easy one. I think uh, absolutely. Yeah. It, I think it, it wasn't even for, you know, the entire decade itself. It was basically for that, you know, two-year stretch of Seattle dominance and then kind of the beginning of the Oakland. Like, there was no one who grabbed headlines more and seemed just not really for bad reasons at all. It was just kind of him just being funny, him being himself, and him actually being a pretty good running back too in the process. The mm-hmm. the, the sound bites, the skittles, all that stuff. I mean, there was no one more entertaining as a running back, maybe even the league, more polarizing of a personality than Marshawn Lynch. And on the field, he was fun to watch too. So I think that's an, uh, that's an easy buy. I'm going to buy that stock, Joe. I, I'm right there with you. The league is forever indebted to Marshawn Lynch. What seemed was getting stale was injected by his antics and um, just, you know, watching him run the football, even if he wouldn't have done the Skittles, if he wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have had the key lines of I'm just here so I won't get fined or all of the other great um, one-liners that he had. His play on the field always spoke for itself, even back in the Buffalo days. Um, he was a he was something that you didn't see in the league and not to say that running backs uh, are either straight line or finesse, but he was a mixture of both. And uh, he was shades of Earl Campbell, shades of Walter Payton. I know these are crazy hall of fame names that I'm throwing around right now, but the way he ran the ball, you knew you'd see something special at least twice a weekend. And uh, it was, it was fun to watch him play the game. So uh, hats off to Marshawn Lynch, no doubt. All right. My turn now. Yeah, that's how that goes. I'm going to go from, from one Russell to another. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's signed that huge, was it four years, 160 or something along the lines of that, be becoming something the highest paid quarterback player in NFL history, blah, 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 blah. He gave probably the most fitting Russell Wilson gift ever to his linemen. Um, and it's not a bad gift, but it's a little bit boring. Gave them $12,000 in Amazon stock each uh, yeah. because he said, you guys have invested your lives into me. I'm going to give you an investment back or something. I don't know. I probably would have just said like, hey, get me like. Buy me a jet ski. Yeah, buy me a jet ski, dude. Like, it's cool. <laughs> like, I get it. Like, I have $12,000 to invest in Amazon. That's by the, neither here nor there. Buy or sell, literally, Russell Wilson's gift to the Seahawks lineman. I'm begrudgingly that stock. I'm begrudgingly buying it, and that's a hold. That's a long-term hold that Amazon stock because once the uh, dystopian Jeff Bezos oh, yeah. era is amongst us, that stock's going to go even higher. I saw some projections. The robots are going to take it. over pretty soon. That's that, right. That's I saw some projections as I read into it that over the next, I don't know, I forget what the term was, but 25 years that that stock could. Um, it could just explode. jump to it could explode to a two hundred thousand dollar value now do i think that that's going to be the case i don't know i'm not a financial analyst but a, a great long-term gift for these guys as you said the most russell wilson thing that could ever be um we can't put our thumb on this guy but uh all, he didn't just get it to give it to his starting offensive line all 13 guys that play offensive line that are rostered um, for the Seahawks. That's right. you got to take care of the third-string guards, Joe. Remember that. That's right. He gifted okay. to, to those guys as well. So a class move despite uh, what the gift is or how corny it is or how lame it is. Um, so I'm buying it. $12,000 of, uh, of Amazon stock is something you never turn down. It just does – it feels like, you know, when, 
when you were little and your grandma get, got you like a government bond for you know it's a good gift like but that. you're like, like I don't, what is this oh that's great yeah thanks that's awesome <laughs> well you couldn't have just got me like a jet ski a rolex like something yeah. whatever um, okay but, uh, good on you russ wilson all right one last one for you here matt uh, buy or sell uh, you know, a lot of a lot of talk as we get to playoff time here and championship games of of celebrity curses, Drake curses, oh, yeah. and other curses. Uh, buy or sell that the Bieber curse is the new up and coming curse. Bieber in the building yesterday at TD Garden. Big Maple Leafs fan. Uh, watched them get to a beat. I believe what was it five one five two. Yeah, oh, um, that was it. Was by Boston. Yeah. Um, I'm going to sell it because we talked about this. Um, I think when we were proposing the buyer sells to each other, Drake was apparently mm-hmm. also in the building last night, rocking a Maple Leaf sweater too. Tough look. So I think you have. I think this still. I think the curse still sticks on Drake. Now, if 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 we see going forward a game where just Bieber's in the building, because the Maple Leafs, let's face it, are going to continue to blow big games in the playoffs from here on out. <laughs> if there's one that Drake misses and Bieber's there, I think you have to have that conversation. Uh, but mm-hmm. right now, no. I think the curse sticks with Drake. But Bieber's on like a he's on a watch list. He's on a watch list, if that makes sense. Curse, he's not curse there watch yet, list. but he's on the curse watch list. I like that. Yeah. Um, I am selling all celebrity curses. None of these people have anything to do. What a with, boring answer! Like, yeah, I know it doesn't. Jokes. I know it doesn't actually. And I'm have saying anything. this. I'm Just putting this on record. I'm putting this on record because the most fun thing is going to a game and you know sitting three rows away from Vince Vaughn or knowing that Bieber's in the section next to you or seeing MJ at a Bulls game. I want my building filled with celebrities and people of prominence. These curses are going to scare them away. Let's not scare away our celebrities. It was still, that's still kind of a boring answer. Like I get it. That was like thought out. It was was okay. Genuine. It was okay. Sure. Uh, Let's go. But again, tangentially, the Canadian Stanley Cup curse. You are um, just throwing around tangentially. All did you hear that word on like a broadcast the other day? I like. No, I've used it many different. I've said on a tangent. I've said tangentially. You barely use it. You know, we've uh, we've dovetailed here a number of times off of topics to uh, somewhat related topics. So I apologize for reiterating myself. But uh, the the point that I was trying to make is that the Canadian Stanley Cup uh, – now I can't think of a word, but the Canadian Stanley Cup drought. drought like, I'm the vocab another year, guy. I believe to 26 years. Now. Do you know what drought means, that right? Do you know what drought means? Hello? Drought means a yeah. lack of water. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Drought's not a vocab sure, word. Just, it, I think it could be. Why not? I was hoping that you'd be able to. Um, I believe it was. I believe it was ninety three, ninety four, twenty six, twenty eight. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm double checking. It was nineteen ninety three. Was the last okay. year so they, the Canadians took down the Kings. That puts it at uh, twenty six. I believe that's so. that's a long time. Canada's got thoughts. Pissed. Thoughts and prayers to our neighbors to the north. Um, is so it a Canadian you were, sport? If you, you were, if you were in Canada and say you were mm-hmm. a Canadians fan, I had the same thought. I know you're going to ask, but go ahead. I feel like. I feel like I'd be rooting for any Canadian team but the Maple Leafs, right? Yeah, I, I feel like anybody I I, but your immediate rival. Like the, the Habs and Canadians, Habs and Leafs fans can't really root for each other. But like, I feel like if it's the Senators, like yeah, all right, let's go, let's get Canada another cup. Or like if you're Vancouver, like yeah, go get it, Vancouver. Like I feel like you, right? I would think. I don't. I don't. It's weird because we don't have this don't issue. Know. We don't have this issue. I know. I, I don't know how deeply seated 
those rivalries are up north. So I doubt that they're rooting for another team to break this drought. I doubt. I really think that you know it's my team or bust up there. Montreal it, might have been wrong, but like if like. But from here, it looks like hey, yeah, all for one type thing. Yeah. Let's let's just break this curse so then we can all win some Stanley Cups. But I I don't know what it's like. I don't know. Because I don't find myself rooting for other American teams. Maybe we'll said. get a maybe we'll we'll figure out a Canadian to get on the podcast and ask him just that we question. Go. But we'll, we'll, we need a we'll find a Canadian. We're, lo- we're looking for a resident Canadian for the Moose and Runes podcast. If there's Matt, any Canadians that listen to this podcast, give us a call. Yeah, give us a buzz. Give us a buzz. Even people, you don't even have to be a Canadian, but if you have citizenship, we'll take that too. Or no, honestly, just just are close with somebody that does. That's fine. Or too. even like if you're from like Upper Peninsula, Minnesota. Yeah. If you live in Detroit. The, I mean, that's right. Detroit, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Matt, uh, Not one question else? for you before we yeah, before yeah. we sign off here. It's, it'll be a quick one, but no, you, you feel any different now that we're, we hit triple digits? Does this one, this one feel any – do you feel like a little bit more swagger to – you don't have – no way you can have more swagger than you already do. I like, absolutely can. You vindicated. I feel vindicated. We're now a triple-digit podcast. Uh, small percentage of podcasts make it to that air. We're in we're in rarefied air now, and uh, we trudge forward. We look towards two hundred. So we look towards three hundred. We keep this thing moving. And, and yes, we sponsor. walk. We walk a little bit taller. Again, those future hypothetical sponsors. You have our information. We will have. We're easily take reached. And it doesn't matter back. what your product is. We're pushing product this year. So yeah. are you are you finally able to admit that I won the original argument of this podcast? What was that, Mitch Trubisky? No, we still wasted a pick. Oh, that's where you're wrong. That's where who you're know, wrong. Who knows what that player could have potentially been? I'm happy with. I'm not going to get into it. I'm happy with the Bears with where the Bears are right now. I'm thrilled with their trajectory. I'm looking forward to this season. Does not change the fact that you wasted a pick. I. Disagree, but that is where oh, we will. It's like, disagree. it's like math almost. I think you bought it's insurance. Like, <laughs> we're going back to it. We said we're not getting into it. You don't know if anybody was probably not the Browns weren't going to trade up, but you don't know they weren't going to trade up for that pick. You got your guy, Matt. I'll give you this. I'm I will. Persistent. Ad- You're not only persistent. Thank you. I will lay down my sword on this topic. When I see Mitch Trubisky with the Lombardi Trophy in his hand, okay, then that's, you a, give, that's a fair deal. Then you deal. can give away you can give away all the picks, and you hold that's me a fair to deal. Until then, right. it's a tie. Well, until then, we'll have to continue to argue about it on the podcast. So, fair hundreds enough. of episodes still to come, including one in two weeks from Palm Springs, California, uh, the house that Sinatra built. We're gonna go out there, have a good time. Tip it's gonna be back, it's gonna be hot. Hit a few shots, drain a few putts. Put on some sunscreen and have a good time with the Rooney clan. That's 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 the plan. That's going to do it for episode 101 of the Moose and Roots podcast. We'll be back next week with 102. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. Like us on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes. Unsubscribe and resubscribe. Give us all the stats, all the numbers. As always, Moose and Mailbag's Roots. coming back next week, people. So get Mailbag's coming too. back. We love the 100, episode 100 mailbags. You guys have some crazy ideas, and that's what fuels this fire. Keep on doing that, fans. We appreciate you guys. Until next week, for Matt, I'm Joe. We'll see you soon. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was 
awesome. <laughs> Chicken on steak was phenomenal.